London Property, home of Super Prime, where you can find informative, educational and entertaining content covering all aspects of property. Hello and welcome to London Property, the home of Super Prime. I'm your host Farnas Fazaipour and today we're in conversation with Sylvina Paz, who works at the top end of the market, comes from a financial background and is going to give us a whole perspective from her view. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Um, so Sylvina, let's start with what do you think is going on at the top end of the property market at the moment? Mm, very interesting. I think that um, we are having the same thing that the financial market is having. We are having a mini crisis and this is to a certain extent making lots of people very nervous. And when there is nervousness, there is inaction. All things take much longer to happen. So there's a hesitation in the market. And uh, so, as you say, it's the same effect that's happening in the financial market. So you think people are worried about what? Well, interest rates, inflation, you know, money. That's the average person. We also have here the same thing that happens when there is chaos in the financial markets that represents opportunities to many other people. All those are dollar-based, or maybe not even necessarily dollar-based, are cash. They know that potentially in a few months, there are gonna be many opportunities. So they will just sit and wait. So the London market never ceases to amaze us. And, you know, I always say that we've got quarterly cycles, mm. but where, where do you think we came from in the very recent past? Was there a lot of activity from overseas? What, what, what market are we leaving behind and what are we going into? We are leaving behind a boom market, definitely. Most of them are people like me who have been here a long time. But there haven't really been lots of foreign buyers previously. Now we'll see more of them coming. So before it was being held up by the travel restrictions or people reluctant to travel, and you're starting to see more of these people Absolutely. coming. I think there, is a notorious, there was like a notorious shift towards the end of the spring, beginning of the summer, when they finally, all the travel restrictions have been eased and people were flying and doing more business and felt more confident about things, despite the fact that we already had the Russian war happening. And obviously that had in London a particular effect because, you know, especially at the top end of the market, the reality is Russians for the past year have been a very strong presence and they no longer were. Many of them, you know, could not sell the properties. So Lots of speculation. However, there were, there were foreign buyers coming. Uh, I would say the Middle Easterns, who had traditionally have been a strong force in London, uh, and the Indians as well, who were absent for two years, or, or maybe even almost three years, they were back. They started to come back and they started to transact towards, I would say, the end of uh, the spring, beginning of the summer. So you're not seeing any new interest from countries that haven't necessarily been on our radars. It is very much the old trodden. No, the Americans are also back. The Americans are also back. They were back. 
and that started, I think, same same time, not just the Middle Eastern. I'd say Middle Eastern and Indians because they've been the traditional strong market driving sales in central London. Uh, and the, you know, the Americans were not necessarily there, but they were back as well. And the Americans are driven, um, you think, more by the attraction of the strength of the dollar, or do you think that people are actually moving for political reasons, work reasons? Interesting you're saying that because there are quite a few relocating, uh, particularly from New York to London because of that. Political for the political reasons? reasons. Yes. yes. Okay. Absolutely. And some people that can afford to be, to live anywhere, they choose to live here because at the end of the day, this is the closest they have to home without being home. And what about the rental market? What are you seeing in the rental market? The rental market is on asteroids. It has been since September last year. Absolutely crazy, crazy, crazy. I don't even know where to start. I've done quite a few rental searches this year. They have, except by, for one, everything has been very like dramatic because you have to literally elbow people to get to, to secure property, bidding words, normal. And this is something actually quite new for the rental market because we've never seen this in no, the last three decades no, I've been in it. Never. This is mostly driven by the fact that on average there are 40% less properties available to rent than there has traditionally been out there, let's say, and, and right until like 2019. Why do you think that is? Because of all the changes into, you know, into the taxation that have affected the landlords. Many people have chosen to sell properties. And also because, let's face it, there has been, during COVID time, there was like a dramatic demand for properties to buy. So lots of landlords decided to sell. Simple as that. Cash in. It was time. So the taxations that were putting people on the strain have really started to show its effects now because rents, rents are, what, 13 14% higher than their previous tenancies, aren't they? Yes, absolutely. Okay, and um, what uh, what do you think is 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 coming ahead? Apart from the caution and things that we've discussed, um, if people are asking you now, what do you think I should do? What what would you be advising them? In what sense, buying, renting? Selling? Well, let's go with all three. Let's start with buying. I would say to someone, you know, be opportunistic. You know, don't be afraid to try to negotiate stuff. Mind you, London is a market driven by sentiment, particularly prime central London, particularly good properties, trophy properties. People don't sell them because they need to sell them, generally speaking. What it will end up happening is that these sellers that were thinking of perhaps selling it now will take the property away from the market and just sit it two, three years, maybe they will come into the rental market and they will wait. So those trophy properties may not necessarily be, you know, up for a discount like average properties will probably be. So this kind of speculating and waiting for the market to do things is something that really in the top end of the property market is not really too much of a factor Yes. In a lot of cases no, for good properties. because it's a sentimental market. People in London, you know, usually speaking, don't need to sell. They sell 
because they upgrade or because they divorce or they go abroad or but it's not a, it's, it's, and even those in those cases you will think twice because you know that all you need to do is wait when we had the crisis of uh, you know after 2014 people just waited two three years that's true and private central london has got a life of its own yes, hasn't it exactly. it doesn't really follow yes. the same rules and if you have let's say i don't know fantastic flat on eton square or cadogan square or onslow square you know you you don't really need to worry too much there will always be a market for that if you need to sell there won't really be a downturn there won't really be a dump or anything like that and if you want to rent it it will rent just like that and what advice would you have for sellers for sellers i would say do the most to stand out in the crowd especially if your property is not in the best side of the square with lots of light and you know is not in a favorite street or something like that so it's, it's really important. presentation is really important presentation these days is key i have a theory that london has always been a very liquid market that everything moves very fast and so nobody really needed to do much for to sell a property because it will sell and then covid happened and we were all at home and when covid happened there was something that exploded and that was social media and with social media came image so image became more important how you look how you present and this goes for everything so now we have you know i always think if you're going to sell a place make sure that is you know outstanding yeah instagramable. instagramable yeah not just instagramable it has to be like wow instagram so if you just have like a normal place that you know beige sofa wooden floor beige wall forget it you see a picture doesn't say anything but if you have a nice place you know that stands out people will come and view it it's super important it's not just to attract buyers it's also what makes it that you have more chances to potentially sell it at the price you want to sell it and these days in this market where everything is so you know shifting so quickly um it, it may happen very quickly it may make the sale happen faster because the place stands out in the right way i mean Yeah, well, they always say you you only have uh, one chance yes. of making a first impression. Absolutely. So you got to get it and right. And you know now I think it is um it's not just the, that first impression is people buy with their eyes. They go into a place and they don't see what they they don't like what they see. There is no way they They're not like going to bother to stand no. there and imagine. Exactly. People don't want to imagine because in the past two years we've been fe- being fed so many things. from a screen and everything looks nice so you you turn and you reality is not as nice not interested um well listen it's uh, it's nice to get a little snippet into uh how you've been seeing the market yes and uh i think that uh, we'd like to welcome you back to the show the next time we do this because we we believe that the market actually does shift quite a few times 
in the period of a year. And people try to speculate all the time. And sometimes they say that if if you're reading in the newspaper, it's already too late. Ah, I couldn't agree more. Well, and also I would say, don't believe everything you read in the newspaper. That's also very true. How many clients we have that they they say, oh, but I read in the newspaper. Don't trust the newspaper. Simply because London is so, so fragmented. You know, Notting Hill is not the same as it. Acton, sorry, it's a fact, right? So whatever you read in the newspaper applies to to an average of things. But central London, prime central London, is not necessarily the average. No, and then you have villages. Yes, Then you've got the house market, and then you've got the flat market, and it's all micro-markets within each other. Not only that, like, you know, I always try to explain to people, let's take Belgravia, Mayfair, even in those which are like top neighborhoods, you have tiers. This is tier one street, tier two, tier three, tier four, you know, so yes, it's in Mayfair, it's in Belgravia, but what tier is it? And and within that tier, that's the price that needs to be, you know, priced in, reflected in there. Exactly. And then which side of the street is it on? Mm-hmm. What floor is it exactly. on? And it just goes on. It just it's true. Go. It's true. Too much analysis sometimes can make you miss the market. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for uh, your insight into what's going on at the, the top of the market from your perspective. And um, we very much enjoyed talking to you. Thank you. So to um, connect with uh, Sylvina and other experts, head over to our experts directory. And uh, if you subscribe to our newsletter, then you'll be the first to know uh, when we do our podcast on a weekly basis, hearing from experts for all aspects of the real estate experience. Thanks for listening to the London Property Podcast. Head over to londonproperty.co.uk and subscribe to our newsletter to receive latest updates.